Um, I was actually thinking about the Baptist Children's Catechism, whatever it's called, um, where it says, the first question is, who made me? And the answer is, God made me. Mm-hmm. And the second question is, what else did God make? And the answer is, God made all things. Mm-hmm. And then the third question is, why did God make you in all things? And the answer is very simple. It's for his own glory. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Impartial, the podcast where we talk all things church music. I'm Cara Devereaux. And I'm Monet Funka. And today we're going to be looking at glory as it's expressed in Horatius Bonner's Glory Be to God the Father. We're excited to jump right into this episode, but first a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by us so make sure we're able to stay in touch by going over to impartial.com sign up for our totally free totally awesome newsletter this week's letter will include some bonus content all about the episode and it will also include a recording of the song that we're going to sing we're going to talk about if you're listening to this episode and you haven't signed up for the newsletter guess what i'm sorry guys but you've already missed it if you snoozeth you loseeth so don't be disappointed next week head over to impartial.com and sign up for the newsletter right now right on and as we said before in previous episodes those who um, sign up for our newsletter are able to submit mailbag questions which we often answer on this show so today's hymn was written by Horatius Bonner We spoke about him and his background in detail in episode 23, I Heard the Voice of Jesus Say. So we won't repeat really what we spoke of there, but if you listen um, to this episode and you want to hear more about him, make sure you go check out episode 23. Um, I really enjoyed uh, researching about him and, and sharing all that information with you all. What we remember briefly from last time is that Horatius was a Scottish minister who left the Church of Scotland for the Free Church of Scotland after a schism formed in that tradition over somewhat doctrinal lines. Even though Horatius was a gifted preacher and hymn writer, the Free Church largely sang psalms only. So Horatius actually wrote this song that we're talking about today for an English Presbyterian church hymn book. Uh, The tune for this song is called Regent Square, and it was composed specifically for this hymn by an English English organist, hey, organs, (laughs) Um, an English organist named Henry Smart. The tune is named after a Presbyterian church in London. So those are the facts. It's not an overtly detailed background, but... I really enjoy this song, and since we're starting a mini-series on the glory of God, I thought this would be a nice song to kick us off. So I know that folks are familiar with this hymn. I know that folks that are familiar with this hymn uh, know of its very strong and explicit Trinitarian themes. Um, There is a doxology known as the Gloria Patri, which you might be familiar with, I think, especially if you come from the Catholic tradition or an Orthodox tradition. Um, And the English lyrics are, Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. 
So it's thought that Horatius's hymn here was based on this fourth century lesser doxology, which was usually sung at the end of psalms and canticles. He actually first wrote his hymns um, for children who did not enjoy singing psalms only. Um, so I, I just thought that was really interesting. <laughs> Yeah, that is interesting. If only he'd known Isaac Watts as a child, like they would have got on. <laughs> they would have got on well. I think I think they would have got on well. So I think the best way we can talk about this hymn is just verse for verse. So um my handy assistant Kara will read each of the verses and then we'll take a look at what Bonner was talking about in each. So uh Kara, can you read us verse one, please? I can indeed. So verse one goes, glory be to God, the father, glory be to God, the son, glory be to God, the spirit, God almighty, three in one, hallelujah, hallelujah, glory be to him alone. Nice. So we touched on this just a second ago, but there's a strong and explicit adoration of the three persons of the Trinity in this song. As I was researching this, I was trying to think of other hymns that are also so explicitly Trinitarian. I can think off the top of my head of Holy, 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 but can you think of others, Cara? There's the doxology. Um, oh man, it's going right out of my head now that I'm trying to think of it. The, there's It's just a single verse and people sing it. Um, and there's also a verse in Angels from the Realms of Glory, which goes, all creation join in praising God, the Father, Spirit, Son, evermore our voices raising to the eternal three in one. Mm -hmm. And then I think the last verse of Facing a Task Unfinished is, it, it refers to all three members of the Trinity and the different roles that they play. Yeah. Yeah. So some good ones. It's not overly much. Is that doxology not what I was mentioning earlier? Is this something separate? No, it's... Um, I was literally thinking the lyrics as you were talking. It's a similar. <laughs> it's a similar vein. Um, oh, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above you, heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Yeah. Okay. No, I know you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, like, it's probably hey, similar. Like, yeah. Comes from a similar place. Yeah. Yeah. I've, what I found interesting is that, you know, and this is something that I would love to look into that it piqued my interest looking into this song, but that, you know, they, they sang doxologies like at the end of Psalms. So it's like, okay, that Psalm's over. And now we're just going to sing like this, like short praise to God. And that the fact that, they existed like, you know, I, I, that's a bit of church history that I really want to dig into because we don't do that anymore. I did go to church a few times who would sing the Amen. They wouldn't do like full doxology, but they would mm. come to the end of a hymn and then they would sing the Amen. Amen. Yeah, like that. Because <laughs> the first time they did it, I was like, okay, we're done. And then they're like, Amen. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. We're doing that <laughs> Not now. used to that. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. I just took me by surprise. Yeah. If you're if you're listening to this and you're thinking of some other explicitly Trinitarian songs or 
other uh, fun facts about doxologies that we don't really use anymore, please put it in the comments because I think that was one rabbit trail I wanted to go down and I thought, you know, it's best we kind of give it its own space. So, um, now, out of curiosity, I did look up this song to see if the Mormons were bold enough to record this song because, as we know, they like to hijack some of our songs that that aren't too explicit about who God really is. But I was grateful I didn't see any recordings from them. And that was encouraging, obviously, because this song may be even different from the doxology that it's based off of, uh, is not only emphasizing the three persons of the Trinity, but also emphasizes their unity, uh, because we have that line, God Almighty, three in one. It's like very much like we we know exactly who we're talking about, (laughs) you know? (laughs) There's no ambiguity here. Any thoughts, any other thoughts on verse one, Cara? Yeah, I expect that it's way too Trinitarian for Mormons. Yeah. (laughs) Um, That would make sense. (laughs) I mean, we should probably sing about the Trinity more than we actually do. Yeah, I think that's Um, why I was kind of struggling to think of a lot of songs that that explicitly call it out. Like, it might be like a line or so in a song. Yeah, or like a verse or half Mm -hmm. a verse. But it's, it's not usually like the subject of the yeah. hymn. It's just something that's in the hymn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's see about verse two, Cara. Okay. Glory be to him who loved us, washed us from all sin and stain. Glory be to him who bought us, made us kings with him to reign. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the lamb that once was slain. So verse two is all about our redemption in Christ. God loved us. He bought us. He washed us from sin, made us kings with him to reign. I mean, wow. This is such a concise and amazing description of Christ's redemptive work. I feel like I want to say a lot about this, but I also just kind of want to let the lyrics marinate a little bit because I kind of had like a whole spiel on this and I was like, but you know what, what I would have to say, well, me personally to add to this would just be like, it would ruin like the, the, the way that these words were crafted so succinctly. This is not a cop out, I promise. I just, I genuinely was just like, wow. And I actually sat here at my desk and I was like thinking about it for a long time. That doesn't mean I don't want you to say something, Cara. No, I was going to say that's good because if it makes you think, that's what we like in hymns. I would agree with you looking at the words. I just, I can't, I'm not a poet. I can't say it that well. Mm. I would say, um, Bonner has this incredible ability to pack a ton of stuff into very few lines. Mm-hmm. It's one of the really cool things about his his um, hymns is they're just so densely packed dense. with good theology. Yeah, yeah. it's like the, it's like theology theology concentrate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> need a little water. I'm just kidding. Um, okay, so let's just move on to verse three. So verse three says, glory to the king of angels, glory to the church's king, glory to the king of nations, heaven and earth our praises bring. 
hallelujah, hallelujah, to the king of glory sing. Yeah. So verse three is all about the kingship of Christ, obviously. But here's why I like this verse. So this is biblical truth. Um, This is all over the Bible um, that God is the king of kings, meaning all the rulers and kingly, prime ministerly, presidential authorities of this world are still subject to him and answer to him. It's a lovely reflection and reminder. I feel like sometimes when Christians say, oh, this is a good reminder, it's almost like, oh, well, I have nothing to say, so I'm just going to say what a nice reminder. But I, I mean this as in, I am so forgetful of God's kingship that when I sing this, it's, a, it's like a comfort to me. I'm like, oh, yeah, duh. Like, he really is king of kings, you know? Mm, and I think the way with the with the way that politics are at the moment, it is really easy to forget that Jesus is king. Um, one cool thing. So we've both been reading the Narnia books recently. Um, and one thing that this made me think of, I'm not one for Narnia analogies, but um, Peter Pevensey is crowned high king over Narnia. And it's interesting because even after he leaves Narnia and doesn't come back, um, he's still referred to as the High King and in later books even the later kings in, in Narnia like um, Caspian and um, hmm. Rillian and Tyrion and that they all subject themselves to Peter because he's not just king he's High King and mm-hmm. so they have valid kings and rulers mm-hmm. but there's this one that's like the High King mm-hmm. and it's a pretty poor analogy <laughs> but it's it's kind of like yes there are legitimate kings and rulers but there's one that rules over all of them no I think it's a great analogy and even further same books like obviously there is this sub this humility and submission to Aslan and all the books you know it's like yeah you might be the high king but like what Aslan says goes like you know what he does what he says it's just on another level from you um and you've just kind of been given the keys uh, for this time, but he's got it for all time, you know? Anyways, I love the Narnia books. If you want to talk about Narnia anytime, Cara and I are your girls because we have very, we have different opinions on some of them, but we enjoy them anyway. And it's new for me because I never read them as a kid. Anyways, digression over. Uh, I, I do, I do like that reminder though, because, um, because yeah, like even even a even a heart check for ourselves, like you know, anxiety and stress come from like a disbelief that God is God. You know, we're 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 experiencing unbelief when we when we struggle with anxiety, when we sinfully struggle. I don't want to make struggle be like you know a code word. Like when we mm-hmm. sinfully do not trust in the Lord. Um, it's because we think we're the kings. And it's like, no, 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 just kidding. He's the king. He's the one who has this ultimate power um, and sits on top of all of our ruling authorities, including our own um, delusions of of grandeur. So, verse 4. Verse 4. Glory 
blessing, praise eternal, thus the choir of angels sing. Honour, glory, power, dominion, thus its praise creation brings. Hallelujah, hallelujah, praise the mighty King of Kings. Now, you know I love this song because it deals with glory. <laughs> but not us being glorified, which I know we've talked about on the show before, like ending in glory, like us being glorified and, 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 and with Christ. Um, it, it, it deals very briefly with that in verse 2. But more importantly, it talks about the glory of God. And this is such a rich like, topic of theology for the Christian. Like our sins being forgiven and our lives being redeemed is only good because the one who redeems us is this glorious God. You know, it's like, I don't know, it's a poor analogy, but... It, it's like if you were um, stranded on a desert island and the country that came and saved you was North Korea. <laughs> like you'd be like, yay. You know, it's like I'm saved, but like I have to go live in North Korea now. It's like um, this is a total diss, but I think we could agree it's not a fun place to live. Um, you know, the person who's redeemed us isn't some like, second rate like demigod or some kind of false like mm -hmm. idol it's like this glorious god we're not only saved but we're saved to him and i just really enjoy um that theme being repeated throughout the song and it's and, and seeing this growing vision of of who it is we're worshiping so here in this song um and it's commanded in scripture this glory is to be given to god alone and as saved sinners, we take joy in giving God the glory. You might know where I'm going with this. Um, so it's like the Westminster Shorter Catechism, question one, which is, what is the chief end of man? Cara, I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you know the answer to this one? Yeah, chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. That's right. Somebody knows at least question one. <laughs> Don't it's ask the only question, question two. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's the first. Um, so yeah, I think, I think I really enjoy that theme and that really coming out in this song. Did you have thoughts on, on the glory, on the glory of verse four? Um, I was actually thinking about the Baptist children's catechism, whatever it's called, um, where it says the first question is who made me? And the answer is God made me. Mm -hmm. And the second question is what else did God make? And the answer is God made all things. And then the third question is, why did God make you in all things? And the answer is very simple. It's for his own glory. Mm. And I, I just love that question oh, and that answer because it's so simple and it's yeah. so beautiful. And I love in this verse that it's not just, it's, it's all of creation as in all of the, the physical world, but it's also all of the heavenly beings that have been mm -hmm. also created mm -hmm. um everything is in submission to him and bringing him glory every last inch of anything there ever was yeah yes amen so i thought i would end on the same note as the song taking our cues from revelation 5 i know we mentioned bits of this passage a few weeks ago in our episode one of our episodes about the sovereignty of god but this passage obviously hits on a few themes, some of which we have covered today in our review of this song. So Revelation 5, starting at verse 11. 
Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a, in a loud voice, they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen, and the elders fell down and worshiped. Amen to that. Well, that is an excellent and encouraging end to our episode. Thank you so much, Monet, for reminding us that not only is God the king over all things, but that all things are there for his glory and his alone. Um, again, I just remind you, if you want all the fun bonus extras that come with these episodes, do go to impartial.com, sign up for our free weekly newsletter. But until next week, may the Lord bless and keep you. Bye. Bye.